Ashes Test starts at Lords tomorrow night, 7.30 our time. We're blessed to join us, BBC cricket commentator Henry Moran. Henley, thanks for your time. Hello, boys. How are you doing? Now, we're going to get five days without rain. Let's start there. No, of course we're not. It's the English summer. We got away with it in Birmingham, but we're not going to get away with it this time. Having a look at the forecast, I think day two is our problem. Is a little bit of nasty weather rolling in. We've got loads of dry weather uh, that we've had in the last few weeks. That's why Nathan Lyon was so effective in that first test match uh, at Edgbaston, not particularly effective. Of course, he's a fine, fine bowler, but we think spin is going to be less significant. It looks like a green pitch at Lord, so we think maybe England's seam bowlers, Australia's seam bowlers might have even more of a say, but it's that second day and going through towards the weekend. That's where we think there might be a little bit of problem. But, of course, it just all adds to it. How's both sides going to react and whether we're going to see any changes in tactics? Yeah, we'll get to that. Jimmy Anderson must be a curator. I've never seen a greener deck at at, at Lords. The greenest deck I've ever seen in my born natural, Henry. Uh, well, I tell you, Lords is a funny one because sometimes it looks like that and then oh. plays absolutely beautifully. And England's oh. record at Lords in recent times is pretty poor, really. And that's why, in some respects, we started seeing the first uh, Test match in Ashes series actually being moved away from Lords. It was seen as a little bit of an easy ride for sides that were arriving on a lovely surface. They could ease themselves into the conditions. The crowd wasn't necessarily quite as hostile. I mean, it didn't work very well at Edgbaston, did it? But anyhow... But the theory is that Lords should play better than perhaps it looks from distance. Mm. But we'll have to get up close and personal with it tomorrow morning at the toss, have a good look at it and see see how it's looking. Whether Jim's, uh, James Anderson plays, that's another question entirely because England, uh, uh, I think it's fair to say, not quite as reliant on him at Edgbaston as they maybe had been in recent years. So will we see a change in England's lineup? We'll find out. England likely to name their team this lunchtime UK time. So we'll get maybe a little bit of a sense then. Henry, were you surprised at the you know, the deck that you know the first test delivered? Because it looked everything non English, if that makes sense, from a deck. Yeah, absolutely. What we knew coming into this series is that Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum wanted fast, flat pitches because that was going to suit the way that England have been playing in the last 12 months. They wanted something actually a little bit more like uh, like you might see in Australia because that is absolutely playing into the hands of a side that is going to attack every single delivery. That's what England were doing. It's kind of how they've been playing in the last 12 months or so. The problem is they didn't win the game. They could have done, probably should have done with that last uh, a wicket partnership between Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon on another day. Could have gone the other way, but goodness me, credit to them. Didn't they do well? But England might now thinking, OK, hold on a minute. Maybe we need to slightly revert to type in terms of English conditions. And maybe we do want to bring our seam bowlers into play a little bit more. Because Anderson and Broad, they've had such success in English conditions, making the most of it. When you go to India, you expect a turning pitch. You go to Australia, you expect it to be hard and bouncy and suit the players that, uh, that have grown up there. In England, well, it makes sense. You might want to have a surface that is tailor-made to the players and the bowlers that have spent their entire careers honing their skills on that sort of pitch. Well, we talk about the bowling attack and turn to Australia for a sec. Um, Mitchell Stark says he doesn't know if he's getting a call-up. Would Scott Boland make way? And what's the feel over there? Do you think the Aussies will make the change? 
It's a good question. I mean, a lot of it's about workload management because essentially, yeah, it's a five Ashes Test series. But for Australia, it's six matches because you've got the World Test Championship at the start of this run. Pat Cummins is just this phenomenal athlete. And I would be amazed if he didn't play every game with a perhaps somewhat reduced workload just to manage his way through it. Of course, as captain, he says he's going to play every single game and who would bet against him. The question is the other fast bowlers. We know that Hazelwood came into the series with a little bit of, uh, of a back issue. We think that Cameron Green may be uh, just a little bit of a doubt to play every single match of the series. And then you've got Scott Boland, Mitchell Stark question. Stark is a big game performer. He's had success at Lords previously. Boland, I think, was a little bit targeted by the English bowlers because his great success has been how he can land it absolutely on a length, top of off stump, works brilliantly if the surface is doing a little bit, but if it's flat and hard and bouncy, then it becomes slightly easier to target because you think, right, well, we know where it's going to be. We'll adjust our game accordingly. If there's a little bit of grass, maybe he'll be even more effective uh, than he was in the first test match. But I think it's a good big question between Stark and Boland. It's a little bit up in the air. Who knows which way they're going to go? But either way, <clears throat> you've got to say that Australia's fast bowling attack is going to be superb. Gee, I hope Ollie Robinson plays. He's he's a gift to us, Aussies, Henry. You know, the big gob pommy that can't bowl. He just bowls pies. He trundles in at 120. Oh, I cannot wait for this. Honestly, he just he just tossed out that little bit of bait and every former Australian <laughs> cricketer could not resist. Correct. You know, you've got Ponting, Hayden, they're all leaping in saying, oh, what's this, what's this? He knew what he was doing. He knew mm. absolutely he was going to get that reaction. He's an interesting character, Ollie Robinson, because I just don't think he cares. I think he doesn't mind that little bit of fight and that little bit of argument because it all is part of an Ashes series, isn't it? And Nathan Lyon has played that role in the past. He's talked about ending careers ahead of Ashes series mm. and all that stuff. And, you know, it's funny how cricket can come back to bite you. Let's not forget when that ball was thrown into him at Headingley four years ago and he fumbled it and goodness knows one of the iconic ashes moment in the history of the game and people spoke about that and said well Nathan mm. you've got to be careful what you say ahead of ashes series if you're going to start talking like that it could come back to bite Ollie Robinson of course it could but goodness it is what we are in this for we love the conversation we love mm. the chat we like players making themselves a bit of a pantomime villain yeah he knows what he's doing he's a good bowler though so the question is can he back it up and I don't think he'll mind the fact that he's in the spotlight and that he's getting all this attention from the Australian grades. Great stuff. We just hope the Aussies don't get sucked in with this best ball, this entertainment. You know, they, they, they said this is the English. Henry, oh, we don't care if we win or lose. We want to be entertaining. I just hope we just play to our game. We just grind you away and just win it in the third session of the fifth day. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Well, well, that's the thing. It's really interesting, this clash of styles, because yeah. if England had won that first test match, and it was, you know, almost the toss of a coin, it could easily yeah, have gone right. the other way. And we know these games, it could have been the same at Headingley in 2019. And that's what a great Ashes test match is. It's one that does come down to the wire. It's small moments, one here or there. And if England had won that game, then everybody would have been saying, you know, isn't this the greatest thing on earth? Basball this, basball that. Instead, there's questions being asked about it. Had Australia lost, then maybe there would have been questions in Australia saying, well, okay, how are we going to counteract this? So it's interesting to see how these margins can completely direct the narrative. If England win the test match at Lords, then everyone will be back on board and, you know, isn't, isn't it all going swimmingly? If England lose the test match at Lords, then there's going to be real questions about how they approach the final three games of the series. And Australia, look, they're happy being boring and there's nothing wrong if you're winning test matches. I was at the women's test match this week. Talia McGrath 
said, look, we're going to win this test by being really boring on the final day. They were absolutely on the money, bold line and length, won the game quite comfortably in the end. And so, yeah, it's whether you want to be entertained or whether you want to win games of cricket. Ideally, you can do both. But I think if you're a supporter, you'd rather have that win to your name than, than having been entertained mm. and lose the game. And that's the fascinating battle in this clash of styles. You're not calling us boring, are you, Henry? Never. There's nothing boring <laughs> about winning. And I tell you, if you watch that Australian fast bowling attack, there's yeah. nothing boring about that. I mean, what I would say is that I think that Australia's uh, approach in the field when when England started that first innings at Edgbaston was overly cautious. I think Pat Cummins got his field placings wrong by having men on the boundary right at the start of the test match. And I think that actually showed a vulnerability. I think he's learned his lesson possibly but there's nothing boring about winning and test cricket has been played in this way for the last 150 years with much success henry thanks for your time we love chatting to you always a pleasure cheers boys well done bbc cricket commentator henry moran he's absolutely superb